Hello, yes, and welcome back to another edition of the Rams Writer Podcast with me, your host, Simon, a.k.a. the Rams Writer. So, I wonder what we are going to talk about today. So, as usual, I asked you for, obviously, your questions and comments. Now, a lot of you have asked the same thing, and it all relates to this EFL announcement that was made yesterday. In fact, it was made just after... Um, just after I announced that, get your questions and answers in for my podcast. So, if you if you if you've not heard it, I'm sure you all have. But I'll just go over it. So, in a statement, then the AFL said, following a review of Derby County's profitability and sustainability submissions, the EFL has charged the club for recording losses in excess of the permitted amounts provided in the in EFL regulations for the three-year period ending 30th of June 2018. The club will now be referred to an independent disciplinary commission, which will hear representations from the EFL and Derby. So, what that means is then, essentially, it all boils down to the sale of our stadium. Now, not the actual sale, there's nothing wrong with selling the stadium. The issue that they've come up with is the valuation of the stadium. So, Derby obviously sold it for £81.1 million. The AFL's valuator has uh, basically said it's only worth fifty million, so there's a thirty million pound discrepancy there. Now, there's two things I look at basically. One, why the AFL changing their minds? They've signed it off. They signed it off last year. It was all fine. It was all yep. Yeah, you you you've not broken any rules. Nothing like that, it's all fine. Crack on, happy days. Number two is, had Derby not sold their stadium, you know, had, had they not sold it, they'd be looking at lo- running at a loss of about four, around about £48 million. £48 million. Bear in mind, the season before, we were running at a loss of about £8 million. And the season before that, ten million. We're a championship club. Why are we running? You know, losing that much money a year, and being forced to sell our stadium. Now, a couple of points. I'm going to go on and into the show. So, I'm going to get through all your comments and, and, your, and, and your questions. But just before I start to record this, Derby County made an official statement and I'm just going to pick out the main point of that statement which for me I went yep okay they can't do anything so the statement goes well the, the, the main bit of the statement which probably is you know means the most is this as a matter of law the EFL is not entitled to bring either of the charges having previously agreed to all of the arrangements surrounding the stadium sale and never having raised the issue of player amortisation before the club shall argue that the very bringing of the charges itself is unlawful. At all times, the club has acted transparently with the EFL in its submissions with both FFP and PNS, so Profit and Sustainability, and in respect to the charges above, had received written approval for all of its submissions in respect to this legislation. No allegation has been raised to the contrary by the EFL, rather the EFL now claims that it made a mistake. The EFL are basically saying they made a mistake. And shouldn't have signed it off. That 
is not going to stand up in court. Oh yeah, we made an error, we made, we made a bodge up. Earlier on on TalkSport, Simon Jordan was saying Mel Morris should throw the kitchen sink at them because they cannot, this is before this statement, because they cannot sign something off, then 18 months later, turn it around and go, oh, hang about, we made a mistake. We cannot do it anymore. It, we can't sign it off. You're going to face charges. So initially, then, this podcast was going to be a very angry rant. There might still be a little bit of ranting because I, you know, I, 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 I put my point I first touched on about why we're running at such a loss. But a bit calmer now, now I've seen that because there was talk of a point deduction anywhere between nine and twenty-one points. Um, if it's twenty-one points, I think that would have been us in the in, in the in the gutter, relegated, League One, here we come, but obviously these things take time as well, so the court hearings and appeals and and things like that, they, they take time, so I don't, it's not going to affect us this season really, I, I, I don't see, so I'll go straight on to your questions then, um, so Roy Gibson on Facebook, I think this is going to be the main question now. Will this stop transfer deals in January window? Will this mean a fine and points reduction? Will us like to be relegated? Have we got a good enough case against the FL? I suppose you don't have the answers right now. So yeah, again, this was before the statements. Um, it it appears not to be honest. Like I've just said, probably won't stop any deals in the January window. Um, maybe it, you know if if they can prove it and it does go down in in, in courts and it says yeah you were in the wrong. You will have a points deduction. Yes, it's probably going to be more likely a points deduction. But we do seem to have a good enough case to fight against the AFL with the fact that they signed it off and are now admitting they made a mistake. Because even, obviously, when it was all signed off, um, Derby came out with a statement saying the stadium was subject to an independent professional valuation before. So this is when Middlesbrough kicked off earlier this season, nearly 18 months ago. And the AFL indicated in writing that the arrangement was in accordance with the rules and regulations. The FL cannot long after approving their great arrangement suggest Derby County breached the rules. So this is what Derby was saying back then. The club regrets that Middlesbrough Football Club have said they are suing the EFL over the matter, but this is a matter for them. Derby County offered to show Middlesbrough its financial records, but they declined the invitation and appeared to have decided to bring a claim against the EFL instead. So basically, it sounds as if so. The EFL, uh, the Middlesbrough have gone. You know, we're going to sue sue the sue the EFL. And the AFL are going, oh dear, we don't want that. I know. What will happen is we'll take it out in Derby County. Ain't going to happen. Isn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> at DSFC Talk on Twitter, looks like everything's fucked, <laughs> is the word he used. Not now it don't, which is good. Um... Daniel Warren, what does the future hold for DCFC? And you know, I'm going to come back to that at the end of the show. Uh, G Legend on Twitter. What are your thoughts on FFP? Whilst I get why it's there, it holds back clubs with ambitious owners. Also, with regards to the pressure pride part, pretty sure Borough sold tax losses to parent company. Why haven't they been investigated? Exactly. You know, you, your point there brings out, it, it's, it's going off. Everyone is... Is, is at it, trying to find ways to avoid FFP. Everyone wants out of the Championship. They all want to get in the Premier League. 
I get why FFP brought, is brought in, or now it's been changed to profit and sustainability. Because uh, financial fair play, you could do some, you know, it's not really fair play, is it? Some of the, you look at our derby and obviously sell, they're selling the stadium. It's a bit, it's a bit of a like cocky move. You sold it to yourself, not really fair play, is it? As such, but yeah, you you do make a really good point about everything that goes on in the championship. All these clubs that want to get promoted, they want to get out of the club, uh, out of the, uh, into into the Premier League, play the big teams, get a chance to go to Europe, you know. And the FFP, it, it does sort of hold clubs back with ambition, but I get why it's there because you don't want you know clubs happening to things happening to clubs like you know like 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 some Berry and Bolton and things like that, and that's why it's there. Is it well properly managed, properly owned? No, I don't think it is. Very poorly run. Uh, Mark Andrew Coote, my Norwegian follower. Um, well, he's he's from England, but he lives in Norway now. I wondered who it was because when I, obviously I can look at my stats and things that like I'm a podcast and there's always one that's in Norway, I found him. Have you any idea how much we lost in 2000 to 2000, uh, 2015 to 2008 period and do you think the AFL will be making an example of us in the punishment for not being able to charge us on the stadium sale from Mel to Mel? Yeah, again, so I went over that obviously. First year, I have actually got the official figures. In 2015, we lost 14.7 million. This is this is according to the club's website. This is where I got it from. So 2015, 2016, we lost 14.7 million. 2016, 2017, we lost 7.9 million. In 2017, 2018, we were plus 14.6 million, and we sold the stadium for 81.8 million. And then. I put it on Twitter because I'd worked out, I'd, I'd misinterpreted an article and I thought we were running it about a, a loss of about 72 million over the three years without the sale of the stadium. I miss it, I, like I said, I misinterpreted that article, but it's still a lot of money. So I just put it out there on Twitter and someone do the math, please, because I was getting confused. I was I was seeing like people saying, well, we're only running at 38 million for the whole three-year period, so why couldn't they do anything? So there's a lot of figures going right. Um... There's a guy on Radio Derby last night. I always forget his name. I know his price of football on Twitter. Kieran, his name is. Um, he said we were running at about £53 million over the three years. But just on them figures, uh, my good friend Ryan Conway from The Athletic uh, basically put, due to how they put it in, on the accounts, you'd be £47.9 million in the red, so £8.5 million over what you can lose in a three-year period. So that's where we're at. Eight point five million over a three-year period. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, I, I think the AFL are trying to make it. We're trying to make an example of us, or are trying to make an example of us. We're fair game, really, I suppose. You know, I don't. I don't think the AFL are big fans of Mel. I think Mel's a big fan of the AFL. Uh, Casper two oh seven nine oh five on Twitter. We're effing doomed now. Investors won't touch us. Well, funny you should mention that because according to our two sources close to the club, so the Derby and Telegraph and the Athletic, um investment is looking we're still looking to go ahead with the investment. So whether or not there's obviously reasons and 
you know, we, we, we're obviously not getting the full story of what's cracking off behind the scenes with investment. Um, but apparently it's still there. And even Ryan, Ryan Commonwealth Athletic did mention that there could be a possible, not now, but maybe in the future, uh, a possible full takeover. Um, yes, <laughs> right. Yep. So then, Kieran Stokes. Uh, yeah, Kieran Stokes. One on Twitter. How can we get Mad Mel to sell the bin outside Pride Park to help us not get a twelve twelve point deduction and a transfer ban? Yeah, he he probably could. He could smell sell snow to an Eskimo. He really could. Um, what do you think about the charge about the charging due to excessive losses? Do you think we will face a point deduction? This that's from Harry Morgan on Facebook. Again. Like I said, a lot of these questions are the same. You know, I, I did it I, when I put my thing up, my, my my video up about asking questions. It did, you know, it did, it did happen just after. So yeah, I expected this. Um, but like I say, I, I was full on ready to go into this, but I've calmed down now. I read that statement, which is probably a good thing. Honest and Mike Hawkins on Facebook. On a scale of Bolton to Berry, just how screwed do you think we are? I think we're going to be all right now, to be honest, Mike. And then actually something that doesn't get on. I'll, I'll read this one last. There's a, that's it now. That, that's all your, all your comments. Like I said, I knew they're all going to be about his investments. So thank you for all those guys that got in touch. There is a couple more I will go to at the end of the show. So, Right. It is sort of rant time now, I guess, because I don't do it very often. It's not something I like to do, but this whole situation, it's brought a heck of a lot of things to light, and it's brought some things I'm not happy about to light with. Now, I have asked permission of him to talk about this, but... um, and he said it's fine. So I spoke to Craig Ramage. You know, um, we all know him, former player. We all, you either love him or you hate him. I got the privilege of getting to speak to him, or well, speak with him on air before the charting game, and then he, we had a chat after, which I was, I, it, I, it was great. You know, having been able to be able to chat with someone. Like that was for me was 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 brilliant. Really enjoyed it. But obviously, before the Charlton game, we were you know, we were sat six points above the relegation zone. We were struggling for form, playing poorly, and it looked like we were going to be in a relegation dogfight. Now, on the back of this, Mel Morris had then also on the radio said that we're going to be looking to have the academy players. Fifty percent of the academies of the academy players will build up the first 11 next season 50% so that's 5 or 6 players of the academy now Craig Graham has questioned this and said it's well in, in so many words it's, it's basically it's ludicrous um, and <laughs> essentially Craig Craig basically was, 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 was saying to me that he's trying to pull the wool over our eyes all this talk about the academy and the investment is because he's got no money left. He can't physically spend it anymore. And he's got us in, you know, he's got us in a lot of trouble. He's making a laughing stock of this club. 
and I hate, you know, and some of you aren't going to agree with me, but this is football, you know, you, you, you know, there might be things that you have different opinions on than I do, and that's fine. But I agree with them. You've got to look at football as a whole. You don't see many teams get promoted with the vast majority of their squad being academy players. I'm not saying the players we have aren't good enough. I'm saying you've got to find that right balance because the championship is a heck of a, you know, it's a long, long, long season. It's a hard season. It's a tough season. And to expect the academy lads to do this week in, week out and try and get you up that table, it's tough. Now, we have seen, you know, Norwich springs to mind. They're a fairly young squad. They did it. But now look at them in the Premier League. Getting battered every week. We've been there, done that. It's not fun. We all know that. Um, you know, he, it, at times he does try to make out that we've got the best academy in, in the world. And we haven't. We've got a good academy. We can't lie. You know, we are up near the top of the, you know, the top of the table at the Premier League too. But it doesn't mean we've got the greatest academy. You know, we can't. You know, you're not going to get. You're not necessarily going to get gems that can play week in, week out. And it, it just the, the the club under Mel is is at times it feels like it's become a laughing stock. And, you know, we, right, let's, let's just do this. It, I'm trying I'm trying to do this without, you know, I'm trying to keep my, my level head in this. The club is becoming an absolute farce at times. You know, the amount of times we've been in the press for bad things. You know, yeah, it was a bit of a laugh when we, we went, oh, yeah, we, when everyone was saying last season, oh, the Derby are going to be in trouble with FFP. Then all of a sudden, Mel sold the stadium. Ha, <laughs> banter. Right, no. I don't want to be... My club, I want... You know, I, I openly admit and I said, if we go down, we go down. If it brings stability to the club, it brings stability. But it's, it, if you go down, you can come back up, look at Wolves, look at Leeds. But it has to be... The club has to be run well. At this current moment in time, I do not feel like our club is being run well. Yes, Mel has pumped a lot of money into this club, and fair play for that. He has tried to get us promoted, but it's it's not worked. It's backfired. It's it's gone big style. You know, he's a fan of this club, and he wants what's best, but he's failed, and he's almost got us in a lot of trouble by doing that, and it just doesn't really sit right with me now. You know. We want this club to be in the Premier League. That's what we want. You know, all us fans, you know, majority of the fans, all us fans, we want that. That that, that that's, that's that's why we go. It's why we pay our hard-earned money week in, week out to go and see the Rams. So I'm just going to take it back now. To let's look at 2013. We'll start there. So obviously Nigel Clough got sacked early in that season because you know he'd come in, he'd steadied the ship. You know he's got to take a lot of credit for that. He did steady the ship. Um, and he obviously got the sack. We wanted to improve. We wanted to march up the table. You know, had enough. But you know, fair play to Nigel Clough. You've got to give him some credit for what he did. In comes Steve McLaren. Not much budget, you know. I think you, you know, what did you do? Sign a couple of loanies, a couple that were poor. 
the likes of Khalifa Cissé. But then obviously you had the players that did do well, like George Thorns, Simon Dawkins, I suppose you could put on that list as well. And, you know, he, he brought, he got us obviously into the playoffs, got us near the top six. And we got to a playoff final and we lost in a game we should have won. He brought hope, he brought optimism back to this club. He brought the fans back to this club. Now, I'm not one of them that's going to slate you or say, oh, you're a poor fan because you don't go to every game or any of that. At the end of the day, if fans fans have got to pay the money. And if fans don't like what they're seeing, they won't pay the money. And, you know, I respect that, I get that. Because, you know, you know we, we can't always afford to go watch our club week in, week out. So if, you play, if your club's playing well, you want to see them every week. Of course you do. It's, it's natural. So, obviously we failed. Um, and then obviously 2014, 2015, again, we started the season really well. You know, a couple of additions, Ben, Ibe, Ince, that McLaren brought in, again, on loan. No real budget, no, you know, no highly played players, highly paid players, that was a mouthful, with big egos or anything like that. And they played. We got top of the league. Then the unfortunate happening of Newcastle wanting Steve McLaren came around. He didn't quash the rumours, didn't do anything like that. And I think he may have lost the dressing room a little bit, but ultimately we ended up, I think it was eighth that season. Yeah, We needed a draw against Redden on the final day at home to get the playoffs, and we and we, we, we didn't do that. And then Mel Morris ultimately sacked him. Then he took over, became the owner of the club, and he went, right, I've got money, let's spend. And he brought in a, a rookie manager in, in Paul Clement. Uh, and for me, I, I questioned that move at the time. Yes, he'd had pedigree, at, you know, being a, an assistant coach at, at Real Madrid, etc. But this is a team that, you know, you've, all of a sudden you're handed him a fortune of cash and you've gone, get me into the Premier League. And you gave him until February to do that having spent all that money on players like Bradley Johnson, Butterfield, Blackman. You know, we bought Ince and Bent on permanence as well, Stephen Warnock. What we then did, we brought all these players in, heck of a lot of money, you know, big money, big money signings for what we're used to, but stupid wages, 20, 25, 30, 35 grand a week, a week. For championship players. Come on. There's got to be something inside that goes, no, that's not right. And we thought we walked the league. And yes, it, you know, we were up there. There or thereabouts. First, second. We had a bit of a wobble. And then Mel decided to pull the trigger on him. Again, I think it was a bad bad decision. You know, uh, Shackle as well. Um, I forgot him. I'm, there might be others I might have missed. There was a heck of a lot of signers that came in that summer. And that and December, and we put Wassel in charge. We, you know, we were safe enough anyway. I think when Clement left to get playoffs, as long as we got a few wins and kept, you know, at least kept a bit of run going. And again, we failed. Right, okay. So what now? Move on to the next season. No manager. Let's bring in an experienced manager. We brought in Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson wanted to change things around, change the style of play around, the formation, the dynamics of the club. Right, okay, we'll let him do that then. So, 
again. We didn't. He didn't spend much money. I think he brought in Anya and Vidra, and that was about it. Um, and we well, and we were poor. We were poor side at the time. We probably needed time to make the transition. You know, I don't think he was given the funds that you know that the, the Clement was given to. I think Mel went. Oh, okay, we can't really spend much more. But whatever. So he then got sacked. Right, let's bring in another manager. So who do we bring? Let's bring in McLaren. So we bring in Steve McLaren. McLaren becomes a saviour. He takes a vote of a relegation fight, puts us in the top six. Again, we go for a bit of a slump in February time. Let's sack McLaren. No, we should have stuck with him. So then we bring in Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett comes in. We end up mid-table about ninth, I think it was. And then Gary Rowett starts his next season. He brings in, you know, players like with experience, Davis, Huddleston, Wisdom, um, Ledley, Lawrence. Again, and these players were on cheap wages. Again, they were on thirty, thirty thousand, twenty, twenty-five thousand grand a week. Again, big money for you know. Average, not say average players, but you know, players like no disrespect to Davis and Lawrence, but you know, Davis was what 32, 33 when he came in, Sorderston 30, I think he was. Lawrence, yeah, you, you, you know, he had a good season at Ipswich, and you think, right, we'll pay that thing with seven million we paid for him, you know, but we sold Imps, we sold Hughes, Hendrick, three, three decent players we sold there with the, you know, the replacements that came in, were they, were they up to fit in the bill? No, they weren't. So Rowett has a season with us. In summer, uh, sorry, in I think it was about January time, Stoke came, Stoke came sniffing. And he went, no, I'll sign a new contract at Derby. End of the season goes, we get fell in the playoffs again. <sighs> Another disappointment. This time, Stoke actually do want Gary Rowett. We don't sack him. Stoke... You know, give us, I think it was two million compensation for him. So we've got to get another manager. Right, okay. So we then go get Frank Lampard, rookie manager, but I think there was more experience with him and Jody Morris because they've obviously, you know, brought in, they've managed the youth teams at Chelsea. They knew the experience at Chelsea, they knew what players they could bring in. They had a lot of contacts. People want to play for Frank Lampard. And it's a big publicity stunt as well. Getting that Lampard name at Derby. Probably brought in a lot of revenue via TV, etc. Things like that. Obviously, we know what happened. So, and then that brings us on to this season. But I'm just going to backtrack. Why we play... Why the 2017-18 season was under Rowett, and that's where we made our biggest loss. Why? You know, we've got players like Anya that aren't playing. You know, either, you know, the permanent injury is not good enough, yet they're on probably on about 25, 30 grand a week to do nothing. And it, it, it's become, and this is what I mean about it becoming a farce. All of a sudden now, now he's tried to buy his way out of the league and he's failed. And he's failed miserably. 
because at the end of the day, we're still where, where we, you know, if we're probably back to where we were when he took over or got involved in the club. And it, it just irks me. You know, you pay you, you pay good money for players like Tom Lawrence who, you know, he gets a stick, gets a lot of stick off the fans because he doesn't show up. You know, the frustrating thing is, is we know there's a top player in there when he shows up, but he doesn't. And he needs to consistently. So it frustrates the fans, but he's there getting a nice wage. And then for whatever reason, we get players that are coming to the end of their career and we give them an extension on their contract if they play a certain amount of games, like your Curtis Davis. Now, it's no fault, through no fault of his own, you know, he, he he's come in and, you know, he's he's come in. He got off, he obviously, when he had that contract extension, the contract, it was there. If you play a certain amount of games in your last year, you would get an extension for another 12 months. Why are we putting these contracts together? Who's putting the contracts together? This is what irks me. This is why we're wasting money. And this is what I'm going back to because without selling that ground, £47 million. £47.5, I think it is. Or 53 regardless. We are at a massive stinking loss. You cannot run a football club like that. Yeah, it's all well and good rattling the fans, buying the, you know, having the likes of Wayne really playing for you. Doing it again through another loophole or whatever it is. Mel Morris knows that many loopholes, and yeah, that's fine. But if you're running a club with loopholes, it, it doesn't. It's just starting to build on me now, and it's starting to think hang about. This is why I said about if we got relegated. I think if we got relegated, Mel would go. A lot of the players would go. Then you could probably build a team around through through the academy, but you'd have to bring in some players that are good enough at League One level to try and help you get back out. But it's the way the clubs run. At the moment, I'm not particularly happy with the way the clubs run. Some some of you might agree with me, some of you might disagree with me, that's fine. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I'm, I, it's really starting to get, in, get, get at me that we're running this club at a, a constant loss. Now, I know a lot of football clubs run it at a loss. Um, but there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a better way. And this is where we are now. You know, this is why Philip Cocker has is, is come in and he's is, is tried to steer the ship in a different direction, if you like, and, and do it through the academy. This is why Mel went this direction, because he's got no money left. He's got He's running out of loopholes as well to get round financial fair play. We can't be running this club like this anymore. Something's got to give. And it, it, it's starting to play on my mind a bit. You know, I appreciate everything that Mel Morris has done for this club to try and get us into the Premier League. And now he's asking for help, and that's fine. You know, I'm not laying all the blame on Mel. I think, you know, during the eras of Sam Rush was about, there was a court case. I'm not quite sure what happened with that court case in the end. But during them, them eras there, yeah, he was, he's the one, Mel Morris is the one that signed the cheque, but ultimately he took the advice of Sam Rush. You know, I think Mel was very, very naive when he first came to run this football club. You know, part of me thinks he tried to run it like a business. He had a five-year plan because that's what he said. 
And I think at the end of the five years, he was hoping we'd be in the Premier, an established Premier League club that was chasing Champions League football. He could then sell this club for a, a profit, a big profit, and walk away. And I just feel that's what he wanted to do. He, he, you know, he, he it was a business venture of his, and he's got it wrong. Now he's, now he is trying to write it. You know, he's trying to get investment and he's trying to get help. But the mistake shouldn't be there. And then you look at this season as well. You know, we had Lampard debacle. Um, you know, is he staying, is he going? All right, OK. Bring a new manager in. Short pre-season, rubbish pre-season, away in America. Can't bring his own players in. The drink-drive incident. Poor performances on the pitch. Poor league status. It, it almost feels like the sign of Wayne Rooney was to try and cover all this up. Let's let's make him think about Wayne Rooney coming because that's what all the talk was about was Wayne Rooney coming. It, you know, I, I obviously doing my radio sta- my radio station on on Monday night, I love sport radio. You know, and all I got asked was pretty much every week was Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney, and it's just a cover up, you know, of how the situation of the club is. It's dire at the moment. Yes, it is improving. Hopefully we can see, you know, we are starting to see better performances on the pitch. But it just goes to show, you know, maybe this is why the the, the incidents of, of, of happening. Because at the, end, at the end of the day, recently, we've been in the, the, the news for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. And, you know, the, it, it sort of adds up. Poor running of a club in the background leads to poor performances on the pitch. You know, again, you know, just after Christmas, now it wasn't through any fault of any. Uh, uh, you know, there's obviously unforeseen circumstances, but again, when the press, Derby County players have been delayed pay for a day. Again, more bad press. And this is where we're at at the moment with this club. It just feels at the moment with this club, we are always in the press for the wrong reasons. And we're becoming a bit of a laughing stock of the league. Now, I don't know if you agree or if you don't agree, but I just I just want us to not be a laughing stock of stock of the league. I want us to be in the press because we're winning games. You know, I'd love us now if we could, you know, near the end of the season. Oh, look at Derby County, what a run they've been on. After a shocking start, drink drive incident, EFL charges. Derby County are now facing Leeds United in the playoff final. Imagine that, and then they win, and we win. That's why we want to be in the headlines, not for this crap that's going on at the moment. And again, and but it's going to be brought up again when we obviously make the case against, and Mel goes into a legal battle over the AFL. I'm just really saddened by it all. Because there's a lot of good fans, loyal fans, who love this club. We will all be here. A lot of us will be here, were here before Mel. Many of us will be before here after Mel leaves this club. And, you know, we have been through worse times, granted. Some of us have, some of us haven't. You know, there's a lot of age difference, range, age range differences. But we just, we, you know, I, I, th- I just want to be... at the. If, <laughs> I just want to be like a club, like I don't know, like Brentford, for instance. 
Not really much in the press. If they are in the press, it's for the right reasons. Doing the right things. And I'm sure we all want that. And I, I just, it, it's just, it's really, like I said, it's really getting on me how, how this club's being run. You know, and to expect the academy to get us promoted, I, I think is really, really far-fetched. Yes, put maybe two or three academy players in the side, but then you've got to get a mixture. You've got to find that right balance. Because if you, you know, you can, you don't want to go up with, you know, like say half, six, five, six academy players, go into the Premier League, then you could go spend hundred, hundreds of millions on players, and all of a sudden you end up like Aston Villa, and on your way back down, Fulham on your way back down. You need to build a team that's going to be good enough to compete in the Premier League like Wolves did, for instance, whether, again, the legality, you know, maybe you question the legality of that, but regardless, they, they, they did it, and look at them now, because they didn't have to spend a great deal or bring in a hell of a lot of players to to keep themselves going. They just had to make a few additions, a bit more experience, but Premier League experience, top-class experience, and it worked well. And, you know, I just can't see where Derby County is going at the moment. You know, I see a lot of people saying we are probably not going up, we're not going down. Well, we're not. You know, and I, I was hoping, you know, like I said, I said, I've said it many times, I didn't think we'd go down. I think we'd be mid-table this season, hopefully we could build next season. But I just don't know what's what's happening now. I think we're all lost at the moment as Derby County fans. You know, and yeah, we, nothing will probably happen with this EFL charge now. You know, you, you can't, you can't go to to court and appeal and go, well, yeah, we made a mistake. But again, it goes. You know, I've had this conversation with my father-in-law and my dad, and both of them said, yeah, but an asset's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. And it goes with the players as well. For instance, say if say if we valued, um, let's think. Say say if we valued someone like Yosef Zun. We, someone came in for him and said, "I oh, will give you a million. And we said, no, we value him at five million. They're not gonna, the EFL aren't going to question what we value our player at, are they? No. It doesn't work like that. So why have they got to question what we value our stadium at? It's the same with this, you know, it's the same thing. An independent valuer came and valued this, you know, and came and, you know, valued the stadium at 80 million. Now, at the, what really should have happened is, is the EFL should have gone, no, we don't agree with that. We'll get a. We want a second opinion, right? Well, he's valued at fifty million. Well, okay, we need to get a third opinion then because there's thirty million in between. Another person could have come in, right? No, it's worth sixty-five million, right? Okay, it's plumb in the middle, right? Okay, you can sell it for sixty-five. So, it's just a big farce at the moment. But there is other things to talk about. I've gone over that now. And this 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 now makes sense. The, so the talk at the moment is we're looking at offering Mason Bennett a new contract. Some of you are happy with this, others are not. Now at the end of the day, Mason Bennett's only twenty three, believe it or not. He has been with the club for a long time. Twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Now Mason Bennett, for me, he had he did show improvement last season. Again, not consistently. And again, struggle with injuries. The same with this season, which is a shame because actually against Preston, he was doing quite well before he got injured. 
In the under-23s, I watched him there, and he was bossing it in the under-23s. He's shown he's now a lot higher than that level. But again, he's, he's 23, and he does add value. You know, Millwall now you know, admitted that they are sniffing around, whether it's a loan deal, whether it's a permanent, I'm not sure. But we need to get his contract sorted if it is a permanent, because otherwise in the summer he's, he's, he's free to walk away. And we lose him on a free. We get no money for him. This is part of the reason why we're offering the contract. Whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, you know, and the problem with the problem is it's you know, it's the same with Lawrence. Both of them have, have, have soured the taste in fans' mouth because of that drink drive incident. You know, so they've got to perform consistently on the pitch to try and gain some respect back from the fans. And you know, Lawrence isn't He's getting paid big money for it, you know. Mason Bennett probably isn't on high wages, but again, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, are not big fans of him. Don't see what he offers, you know. He, you know, he did score more than just that goal against Wigan last season. You know, it was the assist against Reading for Tom Lawrence's winning goal. I think he scored a was an assist against Hull for the winner there. For I think was, uh, was it Yosef soon uh, in the last minute. In the league, the goal against West Brom, you know, so he has he did come up with some important moments last season, you know, and he he could he is an asset to the to the club. So that was some other news today. Now, obviously, now uh, I can discuss. Uh, I'll, I'll go to <laughs> this is obviously you know normally I do a bit of a review of the weekend. Um, and then a preview of Hull. So I'll go on to that now. So obviously 2-2 against Middlesbrough. Probably a fair result. Again, started lethargically, poorly, very, you know, back to sort of pre-Christmas start. Didn't look at it at all in the first half. Probably should have been more than 1-0 down in fairness, but we weren't, luckily. Second half came out a different side. And we probably should have won the game, in fairness. We just weren't, didn't really create many clear-cut chances. I think that was the problem. But what we did create, we scored. And, yes, it did take a bit of genius from Dwayne Holmes um, to bury that, to, to, to score that volley in the 91st minute to to give us the point. But, you know, we took our chances. And that's all, that, 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 that's all you can do. So then Hull at the weekend then is our next fixture. Home game against Hull. I've got a couple of... I've got, like I said, I'll go back to uh, the comment. <clears throat> so, Lewis Hackett then on Facebook. Tough game Saturday against Hull. Let's hope we can get a result against them and continue our unbeaten record so far for the past games we've played. I would give Marriott more games as well to get him fit again and back on the scoring sheet. Yeah, so this is why I waited for this question now. So yeah, it will be a tough game against Hull. Very tough, very good side. If we, you know, obviously we know their threat in Jared Bowen. We keep him quiet. I think you know we, we might actually. I think we can win. You know, we have we have seen some improvements over the last few games. So I think I think Hull are a side that you know they don't always show up, but I think we can get three points and I think we can win. Obviously, you mentioned Marriott there, so. That was the other big news this week as well. Christian Bielik, you know, this is what I mean. It's just been a, a week of bad news, it feels like. Christian Bielik's now out for the season. Uh, he, he's done his ACL. 
did it for the under-23s on Monday night in a 2-2 draw against Tottenham. I think he did it after about 16 minutes. For those of you who didn't see it, he was sort of on the turn. I think he was, yeah, he was playing centre-back. He was on the turn and I think he just tangled legs with their player and then he just went down. And it, it, it looked bad from when he, as soon as he did it. Um, so yeah, he's out for the season. And now Marriott, again, in Koku's press conference, he said he's out for Hull, hopefully back for the Northampton game next week. So again, another game without Jack Marriott. <coughs> but Shinny, Graham Shinny, is now back in training. So hopefully it could be a couple of weeks and he'll be back. Fingers crossed. So thank you for your comment, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> and then the last comment, and this is from Daniel Warren eighty eight on Twitter, and it's a great comment. And I'm going to end it, end the show with this comment. What does the future hold for DCFC? <laughs> Who knows, Daniel? Like I said, we're, we we seem like a bit of a circus at times at the moment at DCFC but one thing they can't take away from us is that we're all Derby County fans and we will stick by Derby County through thick and thin so no matter what happens in the future whether it's good whether it's bad us fans will always be there to support this team We've been there before, we've been there now, and we'll definitely be there in the future. No doubt about that. So, what does the future hold for Derby County? We don't know. Hopefully it's good. Like I say, hopefully this will be all pushed under the carpet, dealt with, sorted out, and we can start moving forward. There's no transfer news really at all at the moment. The investment looking like it's still going to go ahead. It's just a it's just a waiting game now for that. But like I just said, we're all Derby, aren't we? We'll be here. Probably you know, a lot of us will be here long after Mel's gone. You know, and now we have to put this to the back of our minds, and we have to think about Saturday. And we have to think about going out there and getting three points. We have to think about the league. We have to think about what's going on now. We need to think about what's going on the pitch, not off the pitch. Tomorrow we need to get behind those lads because they are going to need us as they do every game. There will definitely no doubt be a chance of fuck the AFL. I can guarantee it. But... Tomorrow, you know, we've got to push on. We're on a bit of a good run of form at the moment. You know, that's is it four league games now without without uh, or four games on a bounce without loss. So, you know, we've got to keep that form going. Press and look for another win. Attack. Go and score some goals. Get the, get the fans behind you. And I'm confident tomorrow we can bring home three points. I'm going with a two 0 victory. That's how confident I am. So. I'm going to end it there, guys. Um, if you want me on social media, at Ramsrata on Twitter, the Ramsrata on Facebook, the underscore Ramsrata underscore podcast on Instagram, I will be there.
thank you for listening, guys. I know it's been a bit of a been a bit of a weird show, but I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. Thank you to those who got your questions and your comments in. Really appreciate that too. Remember to share this with your friends, share on Twitter, share on Facebook, wherever you like. Um big love for those that listen. I'll see you next time, guys. Three points tomorrow. Come on, Darby.